Old Gold Club. Old Gold Club. So hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows. Welcome to another episode of Old Gold Club, My Golden Game. I'd like to say on this episode, we can welcome Rowan Ricketts. How are you, my friend? Wonderful, my brother. I'm absolutely fantastic. Como estas? Oh, don't start this. We've just been trying to do this before we started recording. You know, test you my just Spanish. told me you spoke Spanish and now I'm coming with you Spanish. You've gone quiet on air. <laughs> Stage fright, brother. You can't start telling people that I know these kind of things. You'll ruin my street cred. Because um, <laughs> you you speak Spanish, as we've just found out. Si, senor. Uh, yes. Because your career after you left Wolves took you all over the place. Where are you now? Right now, I'm sitting in my house in Canada, in Toronto. I um, No, so when I left Wolves, I was at Wolves, what, two years um and I was on loan for a bit as well there. Um, and I went to Barnsley and I stayed at Barnsley. I don't think I even finished the season. But I signed a two-year deal and I ended up going to Toronto FC. And I went away, uh, played in the MLS for a year and a half, stayed, nearly two years. And then after that, my career just embarked on this crazy, crazy journey. And I played in countries like, what was it, Moldova, Hungary, Thailand, India, Ecuador, Hong Kong, Bangladesh, Germany, Ireland. Uh, it was it was it was crazy. Like I'm I'm actually working on my autobiography at the moment, and we're looking to turn it into a, a series. Uh, but yeah, it was a phenomenal career, phenomenal career, just because of the journeys and the places that I saw. See, this is what I love about your career, though, and your journey, because, uh, and I remember doing some stuff with you when I used to work at Sky, and this was probably eight, seven, eight years ago now, and it, it was like you you embrace so many kind of different opportunities. There's never been really one where you've gone, you know, you've not played it safe and gone, well, I can just see out my career in the Football League. If someone's given you an opportunity, you've gone, yeah, I'll go for that. Yeah, and, and I think it's a bit of that tied in with there's some things that happen in the game and, and, and people on the outside, they're not privy to know this. You've got to be in the game to know it and feel it. So when I was playing at Toronto FC, I was trying to go back to England. So the lowest level that I'd played at was the championship. So I was at England International on 18, on the 20, on the 21, played for Arsenal, played for Tottenham with big coaches, then Wolves, then had a little stint with Barnsley, and then went to MLS, which is the biggest league over here, North America, um, up there with the Mexican League. And then I thought, you know, going to go back to England, mature player, like I've, I had matured as a human being, better footballer, and I couldn't get a team in the championship. Like I couldn't get a trial. And it was like, it was crazy to me. And I was like, what is going on? But what it was and what I learned, and this point for people to notice, the English, similar to what we spoke about earlier um, um, before we start recording about languages and, and in, 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 they have like a bit of an island mentality in England, whether it's languages, also things going on outside of the country, people are not really aware of it. So the MLS to, the, to, to, to English people back then, or these scouts and stuff, where was like a, a league that was off the map. So they didn't really respect what I'd done there at that time. So and because it wasn't getting the exposure it gets now, where fast forward was it twelve years later, 
Now they're signing people from the MLS, they're bringing people in and they're doing business together. It wasn't like that then. And so it was kind of, I had to, sometimes I embraced change, but it wasn't because I wanted to go to certain places. It's because I, I couldn't go to other places where I wanted to go to. You know, I've got so many stories and um, we could go on and on about it. I think that, that's another podcast. But I am fascinated by this idea and I, and I wonder how much it, it kind of plays back to what you were like as a player in your time at Wolves and the fact that, you know, you were somebody who was willing to, to take a chance and to try and create stuff and whether that's a part of your personality and the fact that, you know, when someone says, do you want to go and play in India or Ecuador? You're like, yeah, I'll take that opportunity. I'll take that chance. That's part of your character, who you are. Yeah, yeah, that's a great um, little bit of analogy there. Well done there. It's, 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 <laughs> it's interesting because um, when when you put it like that, I am very daring. So when I'm on the pitch, I, I, I'm mischievous and I want to create. Um, I want to, like, uh, entertain and, and, you know, do new things and take a bit of risk. And, like, when you look at my um, my CV where I've played, there's <laughs> lots of risk that's been taken flying into some of these countries that are beautiful, but the the, the economy of football kind of structures, not the most stable, not the most professional. And for one reason or the other, I, I've gone there. And like I said, I, I've enjoyed it. Um, if I could go back and if I know what I knew now, would I go to some of these countries? Probably not because everybody wants to play at the top level, which is the English Premier League. And I probably would have wanted to stay there for a bit longer. Um, but I, like I said, it's been a beautiful journey and I've learned a lot along the way about me and I've become a better me. And, and then when I'm better me, I can service other young players. Um, and now by speaking two languages, I can help other clubs also. Hmm. So when do you think you were at your best as a player? Was it during that period at Wolves or do you think you peaked a bit later? That's a great question. Um it's, you know, some people have asked me when I've done interviews, and they say, "Hey, Rowan, um, like, what's, what, what do they say to me? What's, what's your favorite club you played for? Where did you most enjoy?" And it's very difficult to answer. It's like asking somebody, "What's your favorite song?" It's like different songs mark different times, um, you know. And if I was to look back and say, "Where was I like at my peak?" I've had moments. When I was at, I remember like, there was one moment that stands out in particular. I don't know if, when, when, when did you join Wolves? So I've been around the club for about 11 years now. When, when I played for Wolves, there was a point, it was, I, I, was, I remember being in good form under Glenn, but then there was this period, ironically, under a coach that I respect him highly as a man, but it wasn't my type of coach. He wasn't my you know feel Mick McCarthy but I got a lot of respect for Mick McCarthy because he was a straight shooter like you know that's one thing I could say about Mick McCarthy he he was you know he didn't go behind your back and he just tell you in your face straight and I got so much respect for him but my, my style of coach no not for me um but I, there was a period when I was playing with him and I was on fire I remember, like, I was, because I, I, I was brought up at Arsenal, a central midfield player, a, a creative central midfield player that could play in the midfield too. But then, because of my, I'm not diminutive, but I'm not the biggest, but, um, but I kind of had this um, style that people would look at me and say, "No, he's he's offensive." Whereas I could do the dirty stuff as well, because you yeah. at Arsenal, your fundamentals 
um, were predominantly probably some technical stuff, but off the ball stuff. So you, you had to be able to do that. But Mick McCarthy didn't look at me as that kind of guy. I remember he came into the changing room and when he got the job and we was going to play. I can't remember who was going to play. I think it was Aston Villa friendly game at Molyneux. And he walked in and he was asking everyone like about positions. And he said, where, where do you like to play? And I said, some central midfield. Okay, so he heard that. Anyway, then he never put me there. He'd always put me wide, but he put me wide on the right. So I don't know why he even asked me that. Do you know what I mean? But, but, but maybe, you know, he was trying to seem like he was being a, a bit um, considerate. And anyway, he didn't put me wide. And obviously, he's got a job to do. And he perceives he's done well in his career. That's why he got that job. And he, he, he thought, you know what? I'm going to be better off putting some hard guys in the midfield. And Rowan, who's creative, I'm going to put him on the right wing. But it wasn't like I'm going to put him on the right wing and we're going to have a tactical kind of system and game plan where Rowan's going to end up in the middle of the park through movement. He wasn't that way inclined like Glenn would have been. So I, he wanted me to run up and down the right wing like Sean Wright Phillips and put crosses in early and it was it was a mess because I was like doing things that weren't even natural to me and it was taken away from what I actually do but that's what you wanted or you're at the team yeah and I, so, so then I got back in the team and he put me on the left and I was like I remember we played about, I think it was 10-11 games. I'm trying to actually get the games at the moment from Sky Sports. Um, if you know anyone at Wolves that might have the game, I'm trying to get these games. I was on fire. And this is, I was on fire. And then I remember we played against, um, we, we lost, I was on fire, but I remember we lost four away games on the bounce. i never forget this. And then the fifth game was against Birmingham City. And even though I was the most informed player in that squad, and that, this was a, a general consensus throughout the team, he took me out of the team. He took a few people out of the team and he flooded the team of defensive players because he didn't want to lose the fourth game. So I was furious about that. And I remember I came on against Birmingham City, put a cross in. I think it was Jody Craddock scored the header. We tied 1-1. We drew 1-1. And then the next game... I was at the squad, so I lost my mind. But anyway, to answer your question, I think that like there was points in my career, Arsenal, obviously great youth experience. I was in form moments at Tottenham, great form. But the Wolves moment for me, it stands out because I, I and especially as we're doing an interview for Wolves, that was a period in my career where I say, when anyone asks me, when was you at your best? There was moments at Tottenham, but that moment at Wolves really stands out for me. Even I was playing out of position, but I was, I was on fire, brother. <laughs> so your golden game is the 30th of August, 2005. A 3-1 win over QPR that saw the team move into sixth in the league after that. Um, I'm going to run you through the team and then ask you kind of your thoughts on it and your memories of it it was Oakes, McNamara, Lescott, Edwards, Naylor, Anderton, Ricketts, Kennedy, Miller, Court and Clark with uh, Shale Finiana and Georgian Dark coming off the bench. Uh, Jepez, Akimi, and Davis were the subs that weren't used that day. What was it about that game that really stood out to you? Um, first of all, uh, we had a really good footballing team. We had a very good team and we had a very good coach at Glen Oddle, Fantastic coach. So he, he got us playing in the way that he wanted us to play. But for, if you look at a lot of those players, especially central midfield, 
Kennedy, so Sparky, um, Darren Anton, Shaggy, and then myself were very technical. So in different styles, but very technical. Um, I think um, I can pass really well. The other two are more passers predominantly because I can dribble more than they can dribble. But we're just all very technically very comfortable and creative. And Glenn's style um, gave us a platform to display that. Then we had players at the back, Jackie Mack, comfortable. Naylor, comfortable. Jolian. Uh, who was the other one you said there? Was it, was it Jody? Uh, Rob Edwards. Or, or was it, or, Oh, Rob as well, good, good, good background from um, Villa. So, so everyone was quite comfortable and out front we had this talent, right? So we, 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 I remember that game, Just we played some phenomenal stuff because that season I think we were favourites to go up. Unfortunately, we didn't, but we were the best team in the league football-wise. We just didn't convert enough of our chances. And I remember that game, everything just came together. And for me... There was other games that I did really, really well in. And, you know, like I could, I could have like pointed back at some of these other games that I said I was in form on. Like there was a game against Colchester when I absolutely destroyed Greg Halford. Um, that was a game also I could have put there. But this game, I think I got two assists. Um, I created a lot of chances. I was just floating around the pitch, you know, like I was just, it was, it was, it was just a beautiful game. Um, yeah, just, I was on the ball. Every, lots, a lot of things are coming off because a lot of times people don't understand when you're my style of player, you need a team to play well, like in possession for me to be effective, you know, like that, because that, like, if you ask someone, what does Ron Ricketts do? They say he's a creative midfielder, he likes to dribble, likes to pass, likes to create, shoot and stuff like that. So, so if, if my team doesn't really have the ball and we don't dominate position in the right way, timing and stuff like this, I'm not going to be able to do me and that game, everything fell in place. Because that's, that's a really interesting thing, because when we do these chats, it's fascinating to me the the things that stand out to people as to why they pick them as their favourite game. So you get some people who've picked on the basis of it was just a, a, an amazing occasion. Some people it's about their personal performance. Some people it's about the team performance. And, and this one sounds like it's kind of in between the personal and the team performance for you. Collectively, we were phenomenal. And we were really good a lot of games, so we didn't get the win. That game, everything came together, and I just happened to be at the middle of everything that was going good in that game. Um, but I, like I said to you, there was, a, there was a lot of games that I could have picked. Um, there's some games under under Mick that definitely would have been up there with this one. But this game, we were just we were just f- phenomenal, and we like listen, Glenn Hoddle, and I think Wolves fans, the ones that were around back then. They would say the same. Like we played some really good football. Very unfortunate. Glenn Hoddle was a coach that was well ahead of his time. Now you see people in England. Everyone's trying to play out the back. And Glenn Hoddle was onto this stuff years ago, you know. And I'm grateful that I I, I played under him twice, and I, he admired me as a player. And I just think he was a phenomenal coach, you know, phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, you're not the first to have said that it's fascinating because I think a lot of fans from that period agree on the point that you made about you just didn't score enough goals there was way too many draws that year wasn't there and that kind of is what what killed it off in the end 
Yeah, and, and it's funny because I, 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 I kind of look at myself as one of the players. Like looking back on my career, like you know, you develop as a human being and you start to realize certain things that um, are part of your makeup that maybe didn't make you hit a certain heights. So like I remember, Glenn, I remember one time I got injured. I had two ankle injuries. Oh, was it one? And at, at Wolves, and I remember because I I was. I was naturally talented. I could get myself in all these great positions. I could create, but I never had this desire to score goals. It wasn't a part of my game. And Glenn, I remember at Tottenham, he got me to see the, the psychologist to speak about it because it was something that he said to me. He said, look, you've got more ability here than everybody. He goes, you get yourself into phenomenal positions. You've got two good feet. You can hit the ball hard with both feet, but you don't seem to have this this desire to score goals. You're not selfish enough at the right times. And he said, so he asked me, he said, listen, when you was a young kid and you played in a game with your friends and maybe you win like 15-1, how many goals would you score? He said, don't answer. I can probably tell you that you probably scored one. I said, yeah, how do you know? He says, because I can see it, but you don't have that desire. He said he would want to score a lot of goals. And so that kind of was a block that didn't allow me to realize the full potential and become a true match winner. And I remember Glenn took me out to train him uh, one day to do some shooting sessions, to do a shooting session. And I remember me like a stupid, stupid idiot. I, I hit the, uh, I hit the mannequin. Uh, I kicked the mannequin as I was going to kick the ball. And I was out for about a month or two. And it was ridiculous, you know? And um, so I looked out looking back now, I say, wow, I could have been, should have been one of the people that did add to the goals because you know we didn't have enough goals and he always used to say we need more goals from yeah. midfield um so looking back on it, it was one of the things i see now nah, i could have done better there because i mean i found the the match report from the bbc website of that game and in the quotes and there's only three lines of quotes from glenn hoddle but one of them was rowan ricketts had his best game for the club that he yeah, he clearly rated you highly enough that he came out and said that to the media after that game. Despite the fact Carl yeah. Cork got a hat-trick. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Glenn, Glenn is, um, and it's funny, shout out to Carl Cork. Um, if, you, if you want to get in touch with him, I'll, I'll, I can speak to him because I, I speak to him quite often. Um, Carl Cork, he finished off some good chances, but Glenn, Glenn and me, um, how to put it, we had a spe special connection. Um, it was such a pity. Like, if I was around Glenn Hoddle longer, I would have gone and played for England, you know, because he, he, people need to understand coaches can make and break players. And when a coach has got your back and you're his style of player and he kind of gives you that platform to be you, especially as a creative technical player, it means everything and it can make the difference. But I was never around Glenn long enough. So when I, it's crazy, I, I played with Glenn at Tottenham and he put me in the team. And it was, I was only in the team six games. I played lots of games for Tottenham, but I was only in the team with Glenn six games. And then he got sacked, but he never took me off. And this was in the Premier League, playing away against Chelsea, Liverpool, like big games. And he never took me off. He, I won young Premier League, um, Premier League player of the season for Tottenham. And then he goes to Wolves. And I didn't need to leave Tottenham. But I thought, you know, I'm going to go to, to Glenn because Glenn loves me. And David Pleat at the time and... 
I didn't really see Adrian Jacksantini and then there was Martin Yo, who I really liked. And I went to Wolves, signed a two-year deal with a one-year extension, but um, he gets sacked. And then that killed me again, you know, and Glenn was just, uh, he was just phenomenal. So he always looked at me and he saw whatever he did well as a player, he saw a lot of that in me because we're both creative, we're both kind of, you know, people that want to create and we're elegant and we've got a lot of guy on creativity. So he kind of, he probably didn't speak. If it was a centre forward, so probably if it was Duncan Ferguson speaking, he might have spoke a bit more about Carl Court. But because I was Glenn's style of player, he probably brought me up in the media, even though I didn't score any goals. Because what does it mean to you, just to finish this off, that, like, I mean, I've got Wolves friends who who proper loved you as a player, you know, and it's from performances like you were talking about in this game. And despite the fact that you weren't at the club that long, that you still have people that look back on, on that little period with such fondness what does that mean to you given all the places you've gone onto in your career listen listen what you just said and I, I i'll say this sincerely it touched me so much because i'm a guy who um as you can see i've had to adapt and accept change very quickly if you look at my career and the clubs i've been at over the last, especially over the last the end part of my career i've moved around every year every seven months. So I've not had time to to develop this bond and, 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 you know, like maybe more relationships as I'd like to because I've moved on fast. And then I've not had a lot of time to sit there and think about things that you just said. I, I'm gonna tell you, and so that's why I appreciate you saying that and sharing that with me. Because I remember when I went back to go and play at Tottenham, I was at Shamrock Rovers. I was at Tottenham for three years. And the first year I never played, I was like in, I was on the verge of the first team. The second year I played and the third year I played. And I wasn't Tottenham long. I scored only, I only scored two goals for Tottenham. And when I went back to White Hart Lane as a Shamrock Rovers player in Europa League, when I stepped on the pitch, the whole stadium stood up. That feeling of um, appreciation and admiration was phenomenal. And I was only there for years. And the same, like you just expressed it to me, I get the same feeling from Wolves fans when I've seen them, when I was last in England, and just through social media. And so it means a lot to me to know that through my talent, and, and some people obviously met me, so my infectious personality, it means a lot to me that, that the Wolves fans still hold me in a nice place, you know, and um, it, it, it's special. I would love to go back to the club um, soon when I release my book and just go and visit because I've got a lot of, like, Faye, I don't know if you know Faye, Faye Gale? No. So, like, so, 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 so Faye, she works in reception. There's a lot of people still at the club um, that were there when I was there. Steve Murray, there's a lot of people that was at the... Um, club when I was there and um, they're still there and I'd love to go back but I appreciate I appreciate you letting me know that thanks for listening to the old gold club if you liked what you heard please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts Wolves TV the home of live uninterrupted radio commentary of every single Wolves game 
But that's not all. Wolves TV also brings you extended and alternative match highlights, interviews with the team, behind-the-scenes features and training coverage, plus see every goal Wolves score from every angle. So check out Wolves TV online at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app.